I talk about making choices on this podcast all the time. I share about paying attention to your thoughts and choosing how you want to feel and choosing thoughts that help you feel that way. I want to share a story with you today that I found to be a beautiful example of this. It shows the power of choice, a reminder that we all need. I know I definitely do. Okay, before we get started on the rest of the episode today, I wanted to remind you about the certification coaching packages that I'm offering right now. They are offered to you at a very special rate of four sessions for only $100. That is like three quarters of what I usually charge. The reason that I'm offering them to you at such a low rate is because I am in need of getting a lot of extra coaching hours to do this certification in a very short amount of time and I need your help. So um, if you are someone that feels stuck in your life, if you feel like you've kind of gotten stuck in a rut and you can't seem to get out of it, your thoughts go to negativity before you really want it to and you know that's not who you really are. If you need an outside opinion, not opinion, but out some outside help to help you to know how to stop that spiral of negative thinking, I can help you with that. If you're someone that feels like your relationships are just kind of off, that you're having trouble um, seeing the good in others, and more importantly, if you're having trouble seeing the good in yourself, I need you to be really honest with yourself. Do you love you? If the answer to that is no, then I can help you with that. What caused me to get into my major depression, besides being a chemical depression, is that I had a lot of negative thinking about myself. And as I learned how to get out of that, how to look at things in a different way, then I was able to find relief. It's how I found connection to myself. And I have a whole series of um, skills and techniques and tools that I can teach you and that we can use together that will help you to get out of those negative thought patterns. Now, if you are someone that would like to feel peace from things that have happened in the past, and you would like to find hope for things that are coming in the future, I am a hope coach. I am the hope coach, and I want to help you to find hope in yourself and in your relationships and in all aspects of your life again. So if you would like to take part in this very special package that I'm offering. I need you to register right away. The spots are filling up. And if you would like to have one of those, you need to go to hunkydory.com forward slash mini mentor. You will sign up for a 15 minute spot. And in that time, we will choose the time that will work best for you to do those four one hour sessions. So make sure you go there as soon as possible, because as soon as the spots open, that I have open when they are filled, I have to close down this offer and I won't be opening it up again. So if you are ready to do that, make sure you do it before the end of 2023. And if you do all four of those sessions before the end of January, 2024, you will get that hundred dollars back to put towards the connection in relationship coaching program that I am creating right now. So you'll basically get that coaching for free. So I hope you'll check that out. Go to hunkydory.com forward slash mini mentor and we'll get those things set up right away. All right. Thank you so much for your help in advance. I believe we're unique for a reason. When we use our gifts, we all benefit. 
When we compare ourselves with others, we feel overburdened. That's why I created this podcast, a weekly show about connecting to your time, your life, and yourself. My hope is that you'll leave not only believing in the dreams you feel pulled towards, but knowing you've had the ability within you to do them all along. Let's connect to our uniqueness and become overburdened no more. This story was written by Amanda Avutu in an Oprah Daily article. Now, I read it and was mesmerized by it. There were many other great articles, but this was the one that hit me the hardest, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. So sit back and listen. The last line is the part that touched me the very most. All right, so this is all quoted from that article. If I ever wondered what my mom wanted for Mother's Day, all I had to do was visit the fridge and look at the list written in her exquisite cursive she'd made for us kids. The first item, l'air de tombe, or for those of us who couldn't read yet, a glossy photo of the perfume cut from a magazine. She was all want, my mother, particularly when it came to attention. For that, her hunger was insatiable. There were four of us kids, plus my dad. If one didn't give her what she desired, she'd move on to the next. If it was your turn, she'd whisper in your ear while everyone was sleeping, come on, let's go get some coffee. And you'd know she meant eggs and ham at the diner. And there you'd hear some small revelatory detail about her life that she'd entrusted to you and only you. In that moment, nothing else existed. Not the time she slammed you into the wall for eating leftover Chinese food in the in the air-conditioned bedroom, the house's only air-conditioned room, because you knew she was on a diet and the smell made her hungry. Not the time she forgot about pickup and left you at school for hours. Not the time she swore you weren't invited to that birthday party because you now suspect she just didn't feel like taking you. None of it mattered. She had chosen you, and you were magnificent. For years, I tried to address these injuries, the college financial aid form she never filled out, the high tea bridal shower she insisted on planning, during which she consoled me because she hadn't invited any of my friends, but that was impossible. She either didn't remember these events or wouldn't allow herself to. It was like arguing with an amnesiac. The solution, it turned out, was death. At 59, My mother suffered a massive heart attack and died several weeks later. I left the hospital one night and she still existed. I fell asleep, woke to a telephone call in my darkened bedroom, and learned that she no longer did. On a rainy September day, we gathered to bury the mom who had hurt me repeatedly, deeply, forgetfully. That was when my own amnesia began to lift. I remembered good things, not just the bad. I remembered the mom who taught me to add a pat of butter to tomato sauce, who befriended every waiter who served her, who made a pros and cons list with me when I was deciding which job to take after college, who invited lonely strangers to our Thanksgiving dinners. This was the mom who put a map on her wall when I drove across the country and used colored thumbtacks to track my route, accepting my collect calls the whole way. The mom who could make me believe I was wondrous because she was looking at me, smiling, offering me an adventure. 
This is the mom I chose to save. In one memory, it's dark out. I have homework. I know the gas is expensive. Let's go for a drive, she says, her antidote to any pain, this time mine. She backs out of the driveway and onto the main road, throws the car into drive, cranks up space oddity. Soon, instead of houses, there are trees, then only blackness. My mom and I are hurtling through space, singing. I loved her then and with wild abandon, with no hurting or wanting between us. Now, every time I belt out magic man like she did or befriend my waiters, I'm choosing the best version of my mom. I conjure the best grandmother for my children. I make her magnificent. And that's the end. Beautifully written, right? This is the power of choice. The woman telling this story made a choice to make her not-so-perfect mother magnificent. She made the choice after her death, and all the good memories seemed to outweigh the bad. I've experienced this with people in my life who have passed away. The good memories do float to the top. We all know that life is full of mistakes and hurts that affect us. We have more choice in the matter than we realize. What if we decided to remember the good more than the bad before a loved one passes away? What if we chose to remember good times with friends and family that happened before a hurtful comment was made and we severed a relationship with them? Even if it's not received, it's a gift you can give yourself. When your thoughts are positive, you just feel better. It's not wishful thinking. It's the chemical response in your own body that you feel because of those positive thoughts, remembering the good versus the bad. It's a gift you give yourself when you direct your thinking this way. Why not give yourself a gift this holiday season? And as the new year rolls in, this is yet another example of how taking care of the relationship with yourself helps you to have a better relationship with everyone else. If you haven't taken the four tips to improve any relationship workshop yet, I'd like to remind you to do that today. It's easy to get and it's free. Go to hunkydory.com forward slash four tips and I'll send it directly to your inbox. I have shared easy ways to change your relationship with yourself. So you look at all other relationships differently. You'll get worksheets to help you practice these tips. But more important than that, you will feel better. Your life will be filled with more peace than you might expect. And that is what removes the feeling of being overburdened more than anything else. Give it a try. Thank you for joining me here today. And remember, I see you. I understand how hard you're trying and I'd like to help however I can. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you back here again next week. I'm so glad you showed up for you today. Remember, the connections you make with yourself are powerful, and that will spread to the people you love the most. Sending lots of love to you as always. Make it a great day, and I'll talk with you again next week.